Today we're going to look at the heart of the matter. We're living in some unique times, uh, times like we have never seen before. One of our parish builders, a guy by the name of uh, Brady Arneson and his roommate, had an amazing thing happen a few weeks ago. You see, on their cell phone came a text that there was an incoming missile that would come and completely destroy the island that they're on in, in Honolulu. That's amazing stuff. His brother had just moved to the island and they called and they said their goodbyes. And then these guys, you know what they did? They went back to bed. I love that. They sat there and they thought and they prayed. and They just waited, but it never happened because it was a fake alarm. But I want you to think about that for a second. What if that had been real? We're seeing a lot of things today that, that, um, that are causing a lot of discussion. A lot of things that are happening in our culture and all around us. And we're going to be talking about, about some of these things today. But as we take a look at the heart of the matter today, as we take a look at, at Mark chapter 7, if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to, to look at that. We, we see here, we're going to be taking a look at a discussion that begins with Jesus and his disciples. Then it moves into a discussion with Jesus and the multitudes. Then it moves into another area, and that is Jesus having a discussion with his own closest disciples. Three groups of people. We're going to be taking a look at at this by looking at it in, in a couple different ways. We're going to take a look at the situation. I'm going to explain the situation that they were facing or the background. We're going to take a look at clarification. We're going to be taking a look at, at some definition of some words. And finally, we're going to come to take a look at some application. Now, I'm going to admit to you today, I'm going to be flying really fast. And my hope and prayer is that I will encourage you to spend some time in this passage later because I'm going to be flying so very, very fast today. But as we take a look at it, this, and we get the, I'm going to give you a little background to help you understand. One of the things that's so important that you must understand, religion was in. Going to the synagogue was in. It was a, it was a fad at that time. It was a fad amongst the Jews. And what was happening, though, which was very, very sad, is they were adding rules and regulations that were man-made. They were not based on scriptures. They were made to, to basically regulate people's lives, what they were thinking and what they were doing. And Jesus came to set people free. That's why he came. And so as we take a look at this, what happened was the Pharisees were always looking around and they were picking on people that didn't do what they thought they should be doing. And they find Jesus' disciples. They hadn't had the ceremonial washing before they ate. And these guys in verse 5 of chapter 7 here of Mark, they go ballistic. They go absolutely ballistic. And they challenge Jesus and they say, what's, what's, what's wrong with your guys? What's wrong with your guys? And uh, they're, not, they're not doing what we're telling them to do. And as we, as we take a look at this, we get the background here. Jesus responds to these birds. 
in verses 14 to 16. And, and in, a, in a summary, what Jesus says to these guys, he says this in verse 9, he says this in verse 13, what Jesus says is quite significant. He says, you guys are ignoring God's commandments. But oh, you are building up and you are placing your thoughts and your traditions above God's word. And, and what we see here is that Jesus confronts them. He confronts them. He confronts the church leaders. Then he turns to the multitude. And this is where we, we, we start picking this up. And Jesus says these words. Listen to me. Whenever you see Jesus saying that, he had something very important to say. Listen to me. And what he says here, and Jesus goes right to the quick, and he says to them, he says, look, uh, there is nothing outside of the man which can defile him. If it goes into him, the things that proceed out of the man is what defiles him. So Jesus is setting the record straight. So what we're going to do here is we're going to stand together. We're going to pick up with verse 14 of, of Matthew chapter 7, Mark 7. Mark 7. And we're going to look at this. And we're going to look at this together. Stand with me as I read this. Mark chapter 7. And he starts out now and he's talking to the multitude. And this is what he says. He calls the multitude to him and he begins to say, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside of man which going into him can defile him. What Jesus is talking about is food. But the things that proceed out of a man... That is what defiles him. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear this. Verse 17. Then he left the multitudes. He entered the house. And his disciples questioned him about the parable. Disciples have some questions. And he says to them, Are you still lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatsoever goes into the man from the outside cannot defile him and then he continued because it does not go into his heart but into his stomach and is eliminated thus he declared all foods clean and he was saying that which proceeds out of the man that is what defiles him for from within out of the heart of man proceeds evil thoughts fornications thefts murders adulteries deeds of coveting Wickedness as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, these are the words that you spoke some time ago. But the relevancy of these words is powerful today. And Lord, this is the season of Lent. The season in which we look at the work that you've completed for us. And we pray, Lord, you'd open our minds and hearts. A lot of stuff going on in our minds. But Lord, would you still us to hear your word, to allow your spirit to speak and to move in our midst. Oh, Father, we pray this in your precious name. Amen. Sit down. You may sit down. Excuse me here. Scriptures are relevant. One of the first things, if you start reading the scriptures, is you're, you're, you're able to see the relevancy of scriptures. And we see this particularly in these verses today. What we're going to find as we look at the scriptures, man's heart has not changed. 
The sins that Jesus is talking about in this passage are still rampant today. Things have not changed. Things have not changed. We're facing the same issues today. As we take a look at this text, Jesus is chiding his disciples. In verse 18, he says, Are you guys lacking understanding too? You see, just a itty bitty little bit of frustration. It was one thing for him to have to, to, to deal with, 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 the, with the, the religious leaders that were always out to get him. But Jesus' one concept of, and, and, and concern was that his disciples would get it. And so we see him. He, we see him chiding him a little bit. He says here, he's, he's explaining to them, food is not the issue. It's not the issue of what you put in. The issue is what's coming out. What's coming out of the heart of man. And he's telling him you're missing. He's telling him it's a heart matter. And it still is right now. And, and, and you know, our, our world is getting it wrong. Some, some time ago. Some time ago, yeah, 1970s. There was a singing group. It was called Street People. And, and they wrote a song, and they sang a song called Jennifer Tompkins. And, 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 and the song is a story about a gal, mom and dad had problems, dad walks out, and, 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 and things are a mess for little Jennifer. But then the chorus goes this way. You'll recognize it, some of you, and it comes like this. It says, Oh, Lord, come on down. you got to spread some love around. I say, it just ain't fair. There's trouble, trouble everywhere. You know the problem with that song is? That chorus is a lie. That song is saying that God has just turned his back on the world and he's just letting it roll, let the good times roll. That chorus is a lie because what we see as we take a look at Scripture, John 3.16, it tells us that God so loved the world that he did come on down, didn't he? He came down in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. There's a lot of stuff that's being sung today that's not true. And I bring this up for the fact of the matter is we need the Word to be the compass for our lives. We need a compass today. And so Jesus goes to the heart of the matter. Jesus goes to the heart of the matter and the real issue is found in verse 20. And He says, That which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. Wow. Now, let me just have a little disclaimer here. We've got movie ratings. Well, I have sermon ratings. I'm going to rate this section R. I'm going to rate it R because it's relevant. This text is relevant today. And it's also rated UP. For being unpopular. What I'm going to share here is nothing that you are going to want to hear. It's nothing that our culture wants to hear. Because it was unpopular at the time of Jesus. And it's going to be unpopular today. What I'm going to talk about this morning is not politically correct. But it's God's word. And that's what matters. 
That's what matters. So what does Jesus say? Jesus goes right back and, and, and says to his disciples, he says, from within the man proceeds, which means it comes from a source. There's things that defile and make a man impure, corrupt, unclean. And where are these things that are corrupt and unclean coming from? From the heart of man. And so what he does is he gives the definitions. I'm going to fly through a lot of these. I'm just going to stop on a couple because I want to make a major point here. So what does Jesus say? Evil thoughts. Wicked, corrupt, perverse thoughts. Ever had any of those? We all have. What about fornication, adultery, immorality? What are we looking on the computer? TV, movies, Netflix. What about theft, active stealing? It's amazing for a leather coat or for an iPad what kids will do. And then what about murder? To kill a human being with premeditated malice. We're going to stop and look at that one. On the headlines of the New York Post on February 18th, 2018, a 20-year-old Massachusetts woman shot and killed a 34-year-old construction worker. So, why did she do that? He just happened to cut her off on a freeway. This 20-year-old girl now is facing a lifetime of, in prison because she didn't like that he didn't signal and cut her off on an exit. Well, another man made the news, didn't he? Nicholas Cruz, accused of killing 17 people down in Florida. I don't know if you caught this. And the next two illustrations, I have brought copies in my cell phone for you to see if you want to take a look at them. But Greg Norman reports that the police now in Florida are admitting that Nicholas heard the voices of demons telling him to do the very acts that he did. Now why should that concern us? Well... We studied the immigration of our United States. Not everybody was a Christian that came over, but the masses were at least moral people. But what we've been having come into our countries today in immigration these last years has been of spirits that are evil and satanic. And this is permeating our culture. Affecting young men. Not only that, but the World News Daily reported on February 20th an article that over 30 young men since Nicholas did his horrible, horrible, horrible event, 30 young men from the ages of 14 and 20 are in jail for planning or attempting to do the same copycat crime. One young man had a grenade. Explosives. What's happening? Uh, sadly to say, 
the one thing that I'm hearing is a lot of different things about how we're going to prevent it, but no one is going to the heart matter. No one's talking about the real issues. No one. And that's the point of this message today. We need to go to the heart matters. Moving on. Adultery. Violation of the marriage bed. You can't put on a TV show without that being violated. Coveting. Desire to wish for something that isn't yours. Wickedness. Sin. Evil practices. Deceit. <laughs> Leading. Someone to believe what is false or fraud. Deceit is rampant today. <clears throat> this past week, I opened up my, 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 as I was having my devotions, I opened up my email, I had my devotions on my phone, and there I had an invitation to go and be an evangelist in England. And, uh, and I knew right away that they, they, they promised a first class flight and first class accommodations in London to be able to be the speaker there. But I knew it was a scam because they offered me $10,000 to come and speak. And nobody has ever offered me that before. And I went on the scam website and sure enough, this church is scamming pastors all over the world. And they're using arrogance and pride. These pastors see it. Oh, they want me. <laughs> they're going to pay me ten grand. <laughs> oh, and they get sucked in. And I saw on the scam page, pastor after pastor after pastor, that got bit in. The church. A false church. Scamming prideful pastors that think their sermons are worth $10,000 for half an hour. Interesting. As we move on, what else do we have going on here? We've got uh, sensuality, <coughs> carnal pleasures, rampant today. From the heart of man we see envy, wanting someone else's possessions, slander, to defame, to tarnish a reputation. Boy, that's rampant today. No one cares today about what they say. Just recently... As of yesterday, a pastor told me of a very, very slanderous article written about Billy Graham. All false. And this writer said that Billy Graham completely destroyed his life. Because Billy Graham spoke about a pet sin that this man was involved with. So the whole popular, rock popular magazine is now defaming Billy Graham's slanders. Today, pride. Having a lofty attitude. It's rampant today. Foolishness. Rampant today. All to say is that Jesus, as He gives us these verses, gives us these sins, He's concerned about us. He's concerned about what's coming out of our heart. And so if we look at that, there's two realities we have to realize. And the first is that we are living in a fallen world. Our world is fallen all around us, and you know that. Things are happening today. But the second reality is that we need to realize that our default 
is we tend to minimize our sins and we deny how, how very, very bad we are. We can cover all of our weaknesses, all of our sins. We don't want to admit it. We don't want to admit that we are wicked, that we're sinful and unclean. You know, what's very, very interesting as we come back to the murder issue, we go back to the first two boys that were ever brought into the world. It says this in Genesis 4, verse 1, that Eve gave birth to these two boys, Cain and Abel, and it says there, with the help of the Lord, which implies that God was there to help with the delivery of these guys. But what's interesting is that they didn't have gangs, they didn't have internet, they didn't have uh, guns, they didn't have grenades, they didn't have friends to mess them up in any way, but what happened? What happened to those guys? First son, second son, they were born, they had a fight, both religious. And one killed each other. How did that happen? It happened because there was a problem in the wiring of the heart. It happened because there was sin. Cain, within his own heart, was, was angry at his brother because God accepted his offering and, and not his own. When are we going to admit we're fallen sinners? When are we going to become honest? You know, you see, what's very interesting is the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. Our culture today is not addressing this. We're not addressing this. Sin lives and reigns within each of us. So, dear friends, we, we've got some good news. There's a solution, there's hope. And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the answer, and the answer is grace. It spells out God's riches at Christ's expense, grace. God saw our needs, saw our heart. After Adam and Eve sinned, He, he covered them up. He, he, he's the one that shed that first blood for the animal skin to, to cover them up. And, and, and God offered grace to them. He gave them a promise of one who would come and, and set mankind free. And, and that is Jesus Christ. And grace is, is, is a word that, that covers the completeness of everything that God has done to restore us, to redeem us, and to bring us to redemption through the life and death of Jesus Christ. The very, very good news is that God saw what was in our hearts and saw that we needed a Savior. Saw that we needed change. So would it be okay this morning for a pastor to suggest that we look to Jesus? Would it be okay if we embrace God's solution? Would it be okay if we start looking at what Jesus says, what's truly in our hearts and minds? Would it be okay for us to, to bring Jesus back into our culture, back into our, into our education systems, 
I was out on the East Coast at the time that the Sandy Hook murders took place. And out there, there were people very, very angry. And one man said, where was God in this? Where was God in this? And then someone quietly said, you threw him out of the schools. Causes you to ponder, doesn't it? Is throwing God out of our culture working? Is it working? Well, maybe we should put him back in. But the question is, who's going to do that? There's only one group of people that can do that. And that's the believer of Jesus Christ. Dear friends, we, we, we need to focus on the heart changer. And, and, and in the Psalms it says, Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew that spirit within me. We need change. We need change. Yes, Cain was very religious, but he had a broken relationship with God the Father. Religion isn't the answer. A living relationship with Jesus Christ, the lover of our souls, is the answer. In the New Testament, there's a, there's a couple verses that we're going to look at real quick. It's Romans 5, 19 and 20. Romans 5, 19 says, For as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Referring to the first Adam, his sin, we all have that DNA nature. Even so through the obedience of one, many will be made righteous. The second Adam is Jesus Christ. He has the capacity and the capability of redeeming us and re making us righteous. So I put it this way. Through one man, Adam brought us into this mess. And through one man, Jesus, he brings us out of it. To me, that makes sense. This is amazing grace. It's so amazing to begin to see that God offers us freely everything that we need. The law came so that the transgression would increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded more. The good news is that God will never run out of grace to cover our sins, our weaknesses, and our shortcomings. And it's found in Jesus. It's found in the Word. Now, as we, as we transfer now to the application, I'm going to throw a curve at you. As heavy as this is, I'm now going to get you to laugh. There's a pastor that, that's going to talk to us, and he's going to bridge us into the solution. Listen carefully to this guy as he talks about what we really are. People often say to me, they say, Jay John, you know, what, what do you do? And it's always very difficult to know what to say. Because if I say to you that I'm a reverend, which I am, that conjures up certain images in people's minds as to what I might be. <laughs> so I like to be a little bit creative in telling people what I do. I sat next to this lady on an aeroplane at Heathrow Airport. And I said, hello. And she said, oh, hello. And I 
I said, where are you going? And she says, I'm going to Singapore. Then she said to me, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Australia. I said, what do you do? So she told me. Then she said, what do you do? And I said, well, <laughs> I work for a global enterprise. She said, do you? I said, yes, I do. I said, we've got outlets in nearly every country of the world. She said, have you? I said, yes, we have. I said, we've got hospitals and hospices and homeless shelters. I said, we do marriage work. We've got all orphanages, we've got feeding programs, educational programs. I said, we do all sorts of justice and reconciliation things. I said, basically, we look after people from birth to death and we deal in the area of behavioral alteration. She went, wow! And it was so loud, her wow, loads of people turned around and looked at us. She said, what's it called? I said, it's called the church. Called the church. Isn't that amazing? We are a part as Christians at the greatest global enterprise the world has ever known. And we forget that. We forget that we've been placed here for a purpose. And one of the things that I want to encourage you is to come and join us. Because we in the AFLC department are looking at starting outlets of God's grace. We are looking to start lighthouses of gatherings. Gatherings are little mini churches under construction that are being developed and being created throughout the United States that can grow into being living and active, exciting congregations. This is our work. To share God's grace. We ask you, come and join us. We ask you to join the other departments of our AFLC, the evangelism department. We invite you to get involved in discipleship, and I know that's taking place. I saw it in your bulletin. So thankful for that. We ask you to join in our email, and, and where you can get a weekly prayer letter and pray for us. You can come up to Alaska, work in the net. Forty-six countries came to the net last summer. Forty-six countries came, many of them Muslims, getting free food, coffee, clothes, blankets, hats, gloves because they're cold, working up there in the canneries. Many of them are coming to the Lord. We need work team members to come and do projects. We need a, a married couple to go up and help lead our vacation Bible school team up in Alaska. We're praying for a young married couple to give us eight weeks, seven weeks to go up and serve with two others. There's a great need right now. We've got to find those people. We need parish builders to come alongside our pastors. We're praying for 50, 60, 80, 100 more young people to come and help us in these, in these outlets of sharing God's grace. We need quilts for Alaska to go out into those villages, those quilts that are prayed over, go into the homes of people. And these people don't have quilts. And they say, who would make a quilt and give that to me? 
And we get to tell them about our people back here that love them and are doing that. You can support us with, with, with funds, but dear friends, we have to look at the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter in our culture today is being ignored. The solution is Jesus Christ. We all know that. But my question is, where is your heart in the matters here at hand? Heavenly Father, we ask you, Lord, to speak and to reveal yourself in the ways that you want us to serve. Bless this congregation and pastor and leaders and may you, O God, do a special work. In Jesus' name, amen.